Welcome to Sophisticated Property Investing, a podcast brought to you by Ethical Property Partners, the experts in sophisticated property investment. Hey there, ladies and gents. Frank Fleck here, founder of Ethical Property Partners, the place where we help you to make annual returns on your property on a monthly basis. And as you can probably hear, I am rather poorly. My voice is up and down and all over the place. I have a very sore throat. Headache, yeah, altogether a bit under the weather. Interesting as to why. I think it's a combination of burning the candle at both ends, quite a lot of bugs flying around. I'm not convinced my immune system's back up to uh, recovering from COVID. Perhaps foolishly, felt a bit rough about uh, half a week ago three or four days ago and thought do you know what I'll push through it it was on the weekend actually I thought I'll go to the gym so I went and did an hour in the gym and uh, I think that finished me off I've picked quite a negative topic and I I don't know whether that's good because I feel a bit low I don't know Um, I don't actually feel negative I feel quite positive I've not felt great I've stopped training which is quite unusual for me been focusing on getting sleep to try and overcome this minor bug despite telling my other half that I'm dying um (laughs) it's actually a minor cold I'm pretty sure after catching covid three times and having three or four immunizations it's probably not covid but I've not taken a test to be fair I've been crunching through all the work I've got I've been crunching through my zoom meetings and stuff so it's all good my topic today is about the psychology of success which I have to admit is quite rare. But then I think success is quite rare. I think most people are pretty disillusioned, disappointed with their lives. They might not say it out loud, but deep down, I think most are. And I've got a few reflections on that. The first is I presented at a martial arts seminar, martial arts expo on the weekend. There were 130 martial arts school owners at this uh, expo. And I was the first guest speaker, actually. I was the first speaker of the weekend. And uh, I guess they wanted to get me out of the way early. (laughs) No, it was actually because I was uh, away for the weekend with my other half for her birthday. So they put me on nice and early so I could go and pick her up and, uh, and go away. And yes, that is potentially connected to how I feel (laughs) one thing dawns on me and I did quite an unusual talk Um, I tried out a new style so those of you that have been to our seminars and have seen me present I usually use quite a lot of powerpoint I'm almost always clean shaven quite smartly dressed quite sharp I'll often give out uh, resources for people to work on our one day seminar for example we give out a hundred page manual 100 page manual I'm normally quite deadpan and so I completely completely changed how I was going to present. I used no slides. I dressed really casually, really dressed down. Didn't shave. (laughs) I was wearing a hoodie (laughs) and told more jokes than I've ever told before. I I told about probably 20 jokes in a 30 minute presentation, which was really unusual. I found it the hardest thing. A TED talk, you don't uh, use notes and you don't use prompts of any kind. So I, I treated it like a TED talk where you just need to know your material inside out and the funny thing was I connected loads more with the audience and I think that was because I was looking at the audience more than looking at my own slides I think perhaps that was it I don't know often as a presenter they'll give you two screens at your feet and the first screen will give you how long you've got left to present 
um, to save you looking at a clock or your watch and the other screen will give you your next slide so your current slide and your next slide and so without seeing your slides you had to think it's a bit like a comedian really you have to think about what's coming up next and what that made me do is instead of looking anywhere there's nowhere really to look I was looking at the audience and I noticed quite a lot about the audience so there were certain people that were really looking at me they were engaged they were writing stuff down they were answering questions out loud their body language was just positive I can't use a better word for it and others were really disillusioned disengaged if they'd been on zoom they I think they would have turned the camera off and gone and made themselves a cup of tea and I just noticed this and I did my best to engage with the audience did my best to add value I'm getting increasingly experienced at running martial arts schools now and supporting our franchisees to to improve on them and I was looking at these different types of people and afterwards I had a chat with my business um, partner and he knows a lot of the audience a lot of them are clients of his or previous clients or you know JV partners etc I said I tell you what that guy who was sat in that part of the room and I'll deliberately be vague because they might be listening to this now the, uh, the martial arts audience he was really engaged he was really switched on Gordon my business partner said well that's interesting you said that because he's actually got the largest school largest martial arts school of all of the delegates and I said really he said yeah absolutely and those people sat around him on the table those were his team he brought his whole team here and I thought that's interesting isn't it the the one person I've picked out is one of the highest flyers if not the highest flyer in the whole room out of 130 people and it's everything he was sat at the front he was interacting in a positive way and then I said I'll tell you the other person who was really like switched on and engaged it was that girl and I described what this girl looked like and she was a bit further back and um, Gordon said you won't believe this Frank she's got one of the largest schools in the country as well probably the second largest school in the room and I said, no way, that's unbelievable. And I was just reflecting on it afterwards and I thought, that's not unbelievable. That's actually not that surprising. They haven't got a positive attitude since becoming massively successful business owners. They got to be massively successful business owners because they had a positive attitude, because they were lifelong learners, because they engaged. Like the rapport they built with me, despite sitting in an audience of 130 people, was massive. If they'd come up to me afterwards, and in fact one of them did, like I said, oh, thank you so much for your interaction. Thank you for the whole, every time I looked up, you you were like, you had eye contact, or contact. you were participating, you, you really made me feel, you made my job easy, is what I said to one of them as I shook their hand like how much rapport have they built <laughs> from sitting in the audience um, I've never had a speaker come up and say that to me <laughs> maybe I need to change my attitude maybe the vibes I'm giving out need to improve but here's the thing they were sending those vibes out so powerfully I picked up on it goodness knows where how people who they bump into on the street in their business life as suppliers as clients goodness knows what effect they have on them when it's a one-on-one -on -one interaction the reason i mention that is because i think that permeates every aspect of our businesses so as we go about our property investment businesses i have had a whatsapp interaction with she's not an underwriter what is she i'd say bdm so business development manager salesperson for our favorite 
bridging company it's think property finance for those of you that don't know i can thoroughly recommend them the woman that heads that up um on behalf of the owner i messaged her three months ago and said look we've got a bridge coming to an end a small bridge not not big i think a couple hundred grand something like that and it's coming to an end in december are you in a position to extend that for us because we've got a lot of refinancing going on we've got a lot of purchasing going on so this was you know prior to the bedford deal the 27 apartments going through so we were in the midst of that and I knew we'd probably be doing quite a lot of refinancing of that. Plus, we had some other big stuff going on. And I said, <clears throat> plus, I knew we'd be starting this development in November, which actually we started in October. And I said, you know what? I would quite like to extend the bridge. What we look at in terms of possibility, what you're looking at in terms of fees, etc. And she came back and said, Frank, that's not a problem at all. We pay our interest every month. So it's not like we've rounded we've not rolled up the interest and so the loan's getting bigger and bigger so we've got a really healthy loan to value on it i want to say it's like 200k against 600 650 something like that so it's like way under 50 percent loan to value maybe 35 40 percent loan to value might be less might be more like 30 actually but anyway i said where where do we stand on it and she came back and said yeah happy to do that frank there will be a fee you'll have to pay our legal fees because i said do we even need a new agreement she said yeah we will need a new agreement but don't worry we won't have to value it because them sending out rick's surveyor on that kind of value is going to cost a grand 1500 she said don't worry we'll not have to value it the legals will be cheap you know 500 quid because they've already got the agreement we'll do you nine months does that give you long enough to refinance and i said yeah that'd be perfect because then we can give it till the new year and perhaps rates would have settled down a bit anyway she messaged me six weeks later I, I, in my mind i'd kind of sorted that she was going to come back to me and she had a few questions so i answered a few questions <laughs> and i just in my mind then thought it was sorted and um she's come back and asked a few more questions anyway middle of november now she asked a bunch of questions the other day it was late actually about nine o'clock at night i just went back to her and i, and I think things rarely go to plan she trusts me i trust her we've got several loans together we've had successfully repaid loans we've never missed a payment you know it's massive trust and i don't know if she's got some issues with her investors or maybe they're short money or maybe her underwriters just being a bit awkward who knows but she asked these questions and the most recent ones were and this is only in like four or five days ago she said frank the underwriters asked who are you refinancing with what kind of terms have they offered you or what kind of terms are you discussing and who's your mortgage broker and i thought why is this like relevant we've already agreed a nine month extension so that takes me to august next year i went back in a voice note because it was late at night and i was just really honest and i said look i don't know what the score is on this but please can you tell me asap if there's a problem because you know the property you know loan to value is really low we've got fantastic figures now on on rentals it's actually um, a service accommodation uh, unit it's actually two service accommodation uh, properties i said our figures are fantastic on it now rates are really high at the moment but i can push it through really quick if i needed to so if you needed it back in december i can do it for you but you have said that you'll give us nine months i haven't even looked at lenders yet because i know they will all have changed by six months time this is our broker i, I explained that we use vibe finance and 
Kim McGinley, who's uh, the owner of that company, that mortgage brokerage, is the, the person that looks after our account, etc. I said, if there's a problem, please can you let me know straight away. And if there's not a problem, can we get the paperwork sorted and, uh, and get it out? I think there's a lot to be said for that level of directness. I've been honest, like I can refinance it now just about, you know, with six weeks, it probably, I'd probably end up paying a higher rate and I'd rather not because we're busy and I'm sick <laughs> but we could do but equally I'd rather just stick to what we've agreed and she came straight back and she said Frank uh, we're not being funny the underwriters are just nervous because I took a 15 month loan initially which is the longest they offer to add nine months takes it to 24 and she said just to be clear and she must have said this about three times now we will not extend this loan again so you must refinance within nine months um, are you okay with that and I said oh it's absolutely fine no problem at all and so she said the paperwork's with the lawyers we'll hopefully have it out this week and they're really efficient they're they're exceptional in fact but it's an example isn't it of things not going to plan and I think some people would be quite nervous given that we've only got it won't be the end of December so maybe I've only got three or four weeks left I don't know the precise date that's one example of things not going to plan the next example is we're doing this development where we're adding um, eight rooms to a property and we've worked out that we don't require planning permission for this. We can do it all under permitted development, which is quite unusual, but it's definitely within the rules. But we, of course, need building control. So we've instructed this private company. They've just started asking loads of questions. We know that it's eight rooms that we're adding to this building. We know it's all under permitted development, but of course you need building control sign off so building control don't care about planning but this company really care about their fees and the amount of work they do so they've looked at the original description which is basically adding eight rooms and they've looked at it and they said well you're actually adding two hmos and so we need you to resubmit the building control application as two hmos which of course includes a title split because you're adding two hmos each of which is a dwelling and you've got an existing dwelling. So it's by definition, a title split into two HMOs, which means you're going to require uh, wide smoke alarms, fire panels. We're going to have to contact the fire department, which will incur a fee. Um, and of course, our fee is now higher because A, we charge more for HMOs, B, we charge more for title splits, and C, you've got two dwellings, not one now. Or rather, you're adding two dwellings rather than just adding these rooms onto an existing dwelling. And I had to have quite a long conversation with my architect because he sent me a message saying, Frank, given that this is what they're asking for, they're asking us to confirm that it's two HMOs and to be fair the property may well later on be used as HMOs but that's not how building control works it's not even how planning works you can determine your use of a building right now and you can get building control sign off on it as that and so we're getting it signed off as a as a single dwelling a single AST it's not a HMO and no one can know what the use of that building will be later on but if we choose to use it as a HMO then we'll have to at that point decide whether it's whether planning consent is required it won't be I've checked and we'll have to decide what building regulations requirements are at that point for HMO 
And so we went back and said, it's not a HMO, it's a single dwelling, etc., etc. And they came back and said, well, you're putting in wild smoke, wired smoke alarms. You're putting in fire panels, as in a fire control panel. You're putting in fire doors with self-closing fire doors. You're putting in soundproofing and one-hour firewall between parts of the building, as in the two buildings, to separate them. Clearly, you are creating two dwellings, and clearly, you are creating two HMOs because of all these additional fire precautions that aren't required and my architect said I think we are going to have to go for planning Frank and I think this is linked to the positive can-do problem-solving attitude that I saw in the audience on Saturday I said to my um, architect I said no I refuse to be dictated to by an external body who are just trying to make a few quid because if I apply for planning a I might get turned down I might have all the neighbors opposing this I don't know if I'm going to create a HMO out of it for sure the law is the law it's a bit like saying right you're playing football and um, the defending team you're in their box and the defending team are running back and they're trying to tackle you and you've got an open goal but it would really be you know it's like the referee coming to you and saying it would really be a bit you know more gentlemanly to slow down a bit and um just get on your knees and and head the ball into the goal you know just head it a few times crawl on your knees and head it a few times because that would you know make it more fun and it'd make it a bit fairer and i, I said to my um architect i said i don't care what they think they're wrong and he said, yeah, but they're building, they're the building control company. I said, I don't care. We know that we're right. Just go back to them and say, no, we're a very conscientious landlord. We go to the max in terms of fire safety for all our tenants. That doesn't indicate anything other than the fact that we care about our tenants. And yes, we're putting a sound wall in because we may in the future decide to split the properties but we're not splitting them at this stage and so if we just want to do some additional works no one can stop us and lo and behold they've backed down you know they're only going to get 500 quids more uh, fees out of it but oh and then they said then they said oh it's a very complicated uh, development we can't possibly get out this week well we need them on site this week because we need some decisions from them so we can crack on they even had the goal to say if you were to you know create these two dwellings we could we could get out much quicker she's <laughs> like blackmail and i said to mark i said don't play their game just stand firm tell them what's what and they've agreed to come out they've they've said they'll only examine part of the site but it's the part we need them to so we can crack on so they'll come out a second time etc but we aren't applying for planning because we don't need to and i think it's a similar positive strong can-do attitude that is required it's really really important we've had several setbacks in the last month we've had development finance from a SAS on the partnership um where the SAS have just asked more and more and more questions that we weren't expecting that have has massively jeopardized a potential deal so we're having to work through that at the moment and having to overcome their questions and the irony is <laughs> it's the SAS what's the word is it provider I think it's the SAS provider that are asking all the questions the actual investors whose money it is whose pension fund it is they're more than happy with the deal but it's some person in an office trying to protect their backside 
that's asking all these additional questions, asking for this survey and that survey, not realizing that each survey is taking a week to book and order and, and get done and etc., which is putting the whole deal at Je in jeopardy because we can't exchange until we know we've got the finance. So that's one deal that, again, is requiring a really proactive positive attitude i hadn't thought of it until now actually but perhaps all these obstacles that i'm having to overcome and having to put energy into perhaps that's contributed to me again picking up a bug you know maybe it's worn me down a bit we've got a 14 property purchases going on at the moment when we agreed that whew, how long ago did we agree that offer a year ago 16 months ago we made an offer and the vendors came back to us four six weeks ago and said actually that would work for us we've gone to sign them up <laughs> by the time we've gone to sign them up which is happening i think in two days time all our mortgage products have changed like massively changed and i knew they'd have changed a bit but actually we're trying to buy the whole lot on a portfolio product rather than go for 14 individual mortgages because the work involved in 14 individual mortgages is massive and quite costly whereas if we can get it on a single product that'd be better but they're asking three three and a half percent more than we were going to pay 12 months ago which is massive it makes a really good deal nowhere near as good and so we're having to overcome that we're going we've gone to three brokers i can't remember the last time we went to three brokers but we're just trying to get the absolute best deal on the market and they all have different relationships and they find slightly different products etc so we're we're going out to all of those at the moment and then the final one of course where we're really having to invest a lot of energy and time and positivity is the bedford portfolio which we're now refinancing we're expecting offer imminently on that but wow that's been a toughie and it's gone from celebrating it in august and it's still a brilliant deal it's still over a million quid off a rick's val to by the time we've got from plan a to plan b to plan c to plan d if you remember plan a was we earned 600k and never even owned it we just flipped it without owning it that would have been nice we now own it on a bridge 0.9 percent a month so that's costing us money at the moment until we get it onto permanent finance now we've put all of the rent up by i want to say about 40 percent, some of them more which is a massive increase in in rent we've negotiated that with all the tenants tenants have agreed to that um and and so really pleased that every single tenant agreed isn't that an incredible rapport building and and um and some of them we've phased it in so we've said look appreciate it's a big um jump what about if you you know add 10 percent in January and 10% in March and etc. But yeah, to be on plan D and still hoping for a, a mortgage offer, we're coming to the end of our three months on the bridge. That was August, so September, October, November. Yeah, so we're just about on three months. That was the minimum term of the bridge. So we really want it to come off that ASAP. And so that's required massives of positivity from myself and my my business partners on that there's three of us on that my ex-wife and i and and um one of our franchisees and so that's required real teamwork real tenacity really to keep going on that because the numbers are so big 0.9 percent on a two and a half million pound uh, bridge that that's quite a lot a month <laughs> so that one's another one that's required that positive mental attitude and the final example of how important that is i have just this evening two hours ago had a phone call from a prospective franchisee she's 21 i sat down with her because she's 21 her mum and dad came their franchisees in um a 
national franchise, but very well-known franchise. I won't name them because it, it might identify the uh, the individuals involved. But mum and dad came along, spent a long time with them, Not don't normally spend that much time with them. They've decided to go ahead this evening. And they had tons of questions. By the end of it, we were doing a, a debrief. We always do a debrief at the end of a, a sales interaction, whether it's a 10 minute call or a four hour meeting like this one was i think it's three and a half four hours and uh, i was saying to my colleague i was saying they will be amazing if that 21 year old woman comes on board she will be amazing we were talking about why and i said because of her attitude and because of the influence she has from her parents her parents were time served entrepreneurs very successful entrepreneurs and you could tell the way in which they had impacted on their daughter they were asking direct blunt challenging questions really high quality questions but they were positive they weren't negative they were really proactive and she was really proactive and she was saying look i i don't want to make a mistake you know i'm 21 i was thinking of doing a master's but actually i think this might be better for my development plus it's going to be an income stream however i think i might want to go traveling you know what if her parents are saying what if she meets someone and she doesn't want to work in that part of the country etc etc and we went through a lot of yeah, they were really challenging, actually, objections and, and questions. I always draw a line in the sand. And um, at the end of the meeting, they said, well, what happens next? And I said, well, I'm going to leave it with you. If you've got questions, come back to me on WhatsApp. I do my whole life on WhatsApp now. It's not bad value for 79p a, a year. I think that's what they charge, isn't it? I said, when would you like to come back to me with a yes or no? And I've used that with vendors quite a lot, actually, when people said, I want to think about it. I've said, no worries. You take as long as you want. She said, well, you give me, I really need to think about it carefully. You've given me so much to think about. And I said, that's absolutely fine. I said, when would you like to come back with a, a definitive yes or no? And she said, I'd like to um, take two weeks. So I got my calendar out. And I said, right, so it's Thursday one week Thursdays this day two weeks Thursdays this day close a business on this day are we agreed you're going to come back and say yes or no for sure and she said yeah absolutely and four days later she's come back and said I've decided I want to go ahead I want to get going I want to stop wasting time I recognize this is a brilliant opportunity I recognize it's the right time in the in the economy I recognize it's the right time for me personally she'll be our youngest ever franchisee which would be amazing and I know she'll succeed I'll put my marker down that she'll be on this podcast within a year with unbelievable results and it's because of her attitude at 21 she doesn't have much life experience she doesn't have the ability to communicate with people as well as some franchisees that come on in their 30s and 40s and 50s. But I tell you what, she will learn and she'll work hard and she'll follow the system. And because of those three things, she'll succeed just like those people in the audience have succeeded. It's fascinating. So interesting. So interesting. The audience as a whole is really positive, but they've self-selected themselves. They've paid money paid a few hundred quid to come and sit for two days of their weekend some of them bringing their teams with them they've self-selected themselves as winners as successful people as people who are willing to invest in themselves it's fascinating isn't it and so guys if you are listening to this and you're dissatisfied with your results my suggestion is look closer to home look at what vibes you're giving out look at the thoughts you're having first thing in the morning when you stood in the shower when you're having your breakfast when you're having your lunch break, when you're driving home of an evening, when you're sat in front of the TV, when you're falling asleep, 
what are your dominant thoughts? What are your prevailing thoughts? If they're focused below the line, if they're focused on blame, denial, excuses, then the results you're getting right now are the results you're going to keep getting. You can't cheat nature. You can't reap your harvest before you've sown the seeds. You can't sow the seeds and then not nurture your crop, not water it, not feed it, not weed it, and then get a bountiful harvest. It doesn't work that way. Many people will tell you it does, but it doesn't. Those that succeed overwhelmingly have a positive mental attitude. They work harder on themselves than on their businesses. They work harder on their businesses than in their businesses. And they are constantly striving to improve in every area of their lives. They are students of Kaizen constant and never-ending improvement and so if you haven't got the results you want if you haven't done as many deals this year as you wanted to you know you've got six weeks left of the year lawyers won't do um completions beyond about the 15th 20th of december so basically you've got four weeks by the time this goes out what are you going to do about it if you want better results what are you going to do about it and waiting for the budget later today that ain't going to help budget won't make a blind bit of difference if you're not taking action if you're not working on yourself if you're not viewing life positively if you're not approaching those obstacles that all come up i've given you multiple examples there of obstacles that have cropped up i have a few sayings actually what doesn't kill us makes us stronger and i truly believe that if it doesn't you know bankrupt you then you're just better equipped for the next challenge and the next opportunity and the second thing that i think is massive if it were easy everyone would be doing it there'd be no deals around because everyone would be doing sophisticated property investing everyone would have their own business but they don't because every time you come across an obstacle some of the people that are in the race against you to get those deals to have their own property investment businesses are falling over they give up they fall and don't get back up but if you can hurdle that obstacle or even if you catch it and fall over, I'm thinking back to my steeplechase days now, even if you fall in the water jump, you can still pull yourself out of it. It will be exhausting and you'll be 10 yards behind the, the pack. You can still pull yourself up and work towards catching them up. But if you don't get up, you're done. And if you've got a positive mental attitude, you can get up. If you've got a negative attitude, if you surround yourself with negativity, listening to the news, watching soap operas, you're going to give up. I could have done that the last two days. Every day you get to choose. Yesterday, I think I do 12 meetings on a Monday now, I'm not sure. 11 or 12, something like that. I did every single one. And when I got up, I thought, oh my goodness, I'm not going to manage this. A bit like this podcast. I didn't feel like this podcast <laughs> with the utmost respect. I was very tempted to give it a miss this week. It's not me. I do what needs to be done. That's my identity. I'm not going to throw in the towel. I'm not going to not get up on a Monday morning because I feel a bit rough. I gave myself permission to go back to bed. But do you know what? I got a bit of momentum. I had some good meetings. And then I did some more meetings. And then I felt a bit better. And I felt a bit better. And I did some more meetings. Today, I was up at 6am this morning. Would have been better to lie until 9. But I wouldn't have had as productive a day. And so I think at every stage of our lives... If, it's you, if you're doing your first property, if you're doing your 10th property, if you're doing your 100th property, you're challenged on a monthly, a weekly, a daily, an hourly basis. You get the opportunity to choose whether to tell a white lie or to be brutally truthful. You get the opportunity to eat healthily or eat junk, to put a sugar in your tea or not to, to go to the gym or not to go to the gym, to drink a glass of water or to have another coffee. It all adds up. It's cumulative. It's huge. Now, I know that wasn't much about property, but hopefully I have inspired you to be more of an honest player. And for those of you that don't know that, it's a very explicit video that you can find on 
uh, YouTube and it's called The Honest Player and it's from the Lions Tour a good few years ago, I don't know how many years ago actually and it's the forwards coach, the guys that go into the scrum, he's Scottish and he talks about the honest player and quite frankly guys, if you're a dishonest player the results you're getting are exactly the results you're going to continue to get because you get the results you deserve and that's hard to hear but the great news about that is that if you deserve better results you get them so all you've got to do is improve what you're putting into the sausage machine and if you listen to that you have to be happy with quite a few (laughs) f-bombs i'm just letting you know like every five words there's a f this and f that but it's true it's absolutely true guys i hope you enjoyed this episode i actually feel better now than i did at the start of it so Thank you for helping me to raise my energy levels. Have a fantastic week. Don't worry about what happens in the budget. Don't worry about all the hysteria about it. Just focus on you. Focus on your attitude. Focus on your actions. Focus on what you're putting into the sausage machine. And let what comes out the other side look after itself. We talk about unavoidable results on the partnership. If you take consistent, focused action, if you believe that you are worthy of fantastic results, it is unavoidable that you will get them. You cannot fail to achieve success. Guys, until next time, happy investing. Sophisticated Property Investing, a podcast brought to you by Ethical Property Partners, the experts in sophisticated property investment.